Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Barry William Megliddy, your host of the Freedom Series live stream session today. And today I'm joined by Simon Severino, who is the CEO of Strategy Sprints, Europe's leading remote growth advisory. Uh, his global team of certified strategy sprint coaches do one thing only, and that is to double the revenue of service-based businesses in 90 days or less. Uh, Simon also teaches growth strategy in select business schools and hosts the Strategy Show podcast at www.strategysprints.com. Simon, welcome to the show this evening, or looks like it's very much morning where you are, mate. Hello, Barry. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's so cool to be here. Yeah, so grateful to have you on. Where are you calling in from today? We are at the Beach House, which is also where the masterminds take place. It's our beach house in the south of Italy. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Fantastic. Fantastic. And it's a glorious day there. Vacation, uninterrupted. And uh, we also teach it to our clients that they, because they are also CEOs, and we also say you need to take a four weeks uninterrupted vacation. And they panic when they hear it, yeah. but we, we live it, we teach it, we help them. And at the end, we, we, we can all achieve more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's going to be a hot episode today. Uh, if you're joining us live on any of the platforms, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here. Uh, we're going to share a lot of stuff with you around how you too can create a freedom business. Um, Rafi from my team is across all the different social platforms. You'll be feeding through any questions you've got for myself or Simon throughout this episode. We'll also drop a link below. Uh, to my new book, The Path to Freedom, The Nine Steps to Create a Profitable Business That Works uh, Without You. See, we have one thing in common. So Look at that surfboard, beautiful. Yes, that's right. So, mate, like, where did this all start for you? How did you get into to doing what you're doing today? Oh, man. If, if you would have asked me three years ago, is it possible to really have freedom and to, to run a global business? in the midst of a pandemic, which is a recession, basically, yeah. a shock and then a recession, I would have said, no way, no way. Yeah. So I'm doing since 17 years, consulting of CEOs in growth and in scaling, 17 years, but in the most traditional sense, I would fly there, we would have workshops in between, we would do some work and analysis, and then we would send some reports, you know, the old school, yeah, And I did this for 17 years, which means being in planes, I, I would be on Monday in Berlin, uh, on, on Thursday in New York, and then on Tuesday next week, I would be in uh, Munich, and then in Zurich, and then sometimes also in Beijing or Shanghai. I was in planes all the time, and uh, it wasn't the best life. It, mm. was, it was impactful, it was helpful. But in terms of having a good life, which is for me the purpose of a business in the very end is to create a rich life, a life of flow and of abundance for our team, for our clients and for everybody around. So in terms of having a good life, I was doing really bad. Yeah. And the tipping point was when, uh, when our boys came so first Federico and then Alessandro and then I had two boys at home and being at home felt so much better than flying around mm -hmm. so it was like how can we reinvent this 
it, it, it's so much cooler to play with the kids in the morning, to work a little bit and to have some sports, some swimming, some running, and then play with friends. And then again, working a little bit, then cooking, and then doing whatever is nice to do in the city I live in. So that was the, my longing. Mm. And I didn't, it was a dream, a big dream. And as a consultant, every project would start from scratch. Like I, I'm, doing red, I'm doing the strategy of BMW, but then two months later, the market entry strategy, um, US market for a pharma company, it's completely different. Whatever you have built as a module of knowledge and tools, etc., you have to rebuild. Mm. So I was like, how can I modularize that? There must be a smarter way. My big dream was to have a productized service that is made of modules mm. that every time you pass by, you give it a little bit of love, you make it 1% better. Mm. And so over time, every week, it gets a little bit better, like a garden. That was my big dream. Yeah. Yeah, I love and that. And now I'm there. Three years later, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. And like, pretty big call to, to be able to double the revenue of service-based businesses in 90 days. Like, that's a pretty, pretty big call. I can imagine, too, with the evolution of your business, you were, were very well set up for the pandemic because you know one thing that i've noticed is a lot of like international based business coaching companies entering the australian market now because they've all been forced to go online right you guys were already there like talk me through a little bit the model like as i said big call double the revenue 90 days like how do you guys go about doing that it's it's not so difficult so when somebody starts working with us they need to be the ceo of a service based business in the first place and they need to be above 25000 per month do that they're doing right now in a reliable way because below that we don't see it as a validated business below that it's it's in search of validation it's the validation phase but if they have their validated business they have people who are happy then it's not that hard to double the revenue because we start in week one by getting them out of the weeds. So we help install systems first, the key systems like the client onboarding system, NPS system, a marketing system, a sales system. We, we tweak and optimize the systems they have so that they stop wasting so much time in meetings or in, in many things that are not really conducive to their growth. So we free up 10 to 14 hours in the first two weeks of working with us. We, we have one-to-one -one coachings and we walk them through how to free up time. And this time then we used to work on their business. So from, from the third week, we work directly positioning and then the sales system. And in the sales system, there are so many low-hanging fruits mm. that people just don't use, like the referral system, the NPS. There, is, there are so many things, the sales estimation, the sales script, the daily sales numbers, the weekly sales meeting. These are things that are easy to install. We learned, we learned it from the big companies that, who have these wonderful processes mm. and everything industrialized. 
and and now we share it with the small companies because they need it and um, and then when they have this blueprint it's much easier for them to start so they take our blueprint they start from the get-go and then they tweak the blueprint until it becomes their own a couple of weeks later but they can move fast. That's why we call it a sprint. They can move fast because we have laid out the topography for them. The basic landscape is there in front of them. It's quite yeah. easy to orient in that, yeah. in that topography. So they start quickly and they move forward quickly. And every seven days we measure progress. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. There's something too that you said um, that, I've, that I've got here in my notes. That I, that I really resonate with, and that is that we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. Now, I've heard that before um, slightly differently, is that we don't seek the best that, that we're capable of, we, we, we uh, fall to the lowest standards that we hold for ourselves. But I love how you've uh, laid that around systems. Can you talk me through it a little bit more? Sure, you, you are a peak performance coach. We can, we can exchange experiences. So when somebody says goals, I'm a big fan of goals, by the way, but I say always they can be toxic, they can be weak, they can be fluffy, and I see all of these every week. So the toxic goals are whenever you reach them, you, you don't celebrate it, you don't feel it, you just go to the next one. Yeah, That's quite toxic, it will burn you out. Yeah. Then the fluffy ones is like improve... SAO. It's not measurable. It's not realistic. There is no specificity. There is nothing you can measure. So then it's not even helpful. Then you're just wasting time. So many goals are just not helpful. They might be helpful to give you a quick energy injection, but a vision is better for that uh, because it's more long lasting. It's like a sugar high. It's, it's short. It doesn't really last. So we are actually right now starting a goal setting challenge on Instagram. So we, we, we will share our own goals, our monthly goals, and everybody can chip in and we increase the accountability of each other and we coach each other. So there is something very healthy in, in goals. I always have goals. I have my monthly goals and today I had, I had to take off the swimming part and even in my holidays. I, I have one kilometer to swim and 10 to run, etc. And it's part of my monthly goals. Yeah. But when things get hard, the goals will not help you. Mm. You will fall down to the level of your systems. And the systems, a goal setting system can be a, a system if it's helpful. If like we do at the beginning of the month, you have a process that is always the same. People come together, they set their pace and their ambition. And then every seven days you measure the progress. And every 30 days, then you celebrate and, and publish and learn from it and make a retrospective. Well, then it's a process. During a pandemic, for example, whatever goals you had, not helpful. But the processes that you have, they made all the difference. You know, when schools were closed, in March and in April, some schools, whatever goals they had, was irrelevant. Some schools were able to still do a great job because they had great systems in place. They had digital uh, folders and, and et cetera, and digital exams. They were well prepared. Mm. And the others who didn't have that, they, they were really struggling. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting thing. Like one thing for me, so I made a decision last December to exit my business operationally. And the main reason being was not because I didn't love it. I, like I absolutely love doing what I'm doing, but I felt for us, I was being incongruent with the offering to our clients. I'm like, we offer to our clients like you guys to help them to exit their business operationally, yet I was still working my business. And so I exited in December, I moved to Bali, Indonesia and started writing a book. Now COVID hit in March, I was due to fly back to Australia to spend school holidays with my kids and to run one of our events for our members there. And uh, COVID hit and the amazing thing about it was because we had a business that operated without me, because we had very strong systems and processes in it, that level of certainty provided confidence for my team. It provided confidence for our clients, but it also allowed me to be fully resourced to think strategically around how do we navigate through this for us, for our staff and for our clients, because the business wasn't relied upon me. Whereas a lot of business owners that didn't have the structural systems in place, like they were just all over the show, completely overwhelmed, juggling million balls, and many of which did, haven't survived, you know, these last kind of six months. And this is the thing, like, I'm not sure about you, but for me, um, I, I, avoided, uh, I avoided putting systems and processes in place for a long period of time because I just wanted to think about goals and wanted to look at the big picture that I avoided all this sort of stuff. But systems have set me free systems are the, the 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 foundation for freedom i was always a systems guy and so if, even at home you know I, I don't want to think about groceries we have a checklist for that and the checklist renews so we have four different weeks template weeks and then my wife just clicks it and then we get it delivered and we were the very first in our area to do that because we love systems and when i do swimming with my boys, we, we, have, we have the trainer at the same time of the week. And it's so much easier because we don't have to think about stuff. We just know, oh, it's Saturday, it's 10 in the morning. Okay, it's swim time. Yeah. We love that. It, it really creates a lot of inner freedom. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. It allows, it allows us as entrepreneurs, as visionaries, to do what we do best, which is to create because we know that things in the background work like clockwork. And, you know, like I talk a lot in the first couple of chapters here around vision, mission, and values, because like, I believe that your business should be systemized in such a way that whether you're there or not, Simon, it still looks and feels like you. It still acts as if you're at the helm of it, yet you're at your beach house, you know, in, in Southern Italy for four weeks, and yet your business still runs as if you were there because of the way that you've systemized it, because of the way you put processes in place. Absolutely. I'm curious, what did you systemize first and how, how did you get to, to get out of fulfillment? Then yeah. I can tell my story. Yeah, fan, fantastic question. We do have a bunch of questions coming through here. We'll get to those in a second. All right. Um, girls, please keep them coming too. Um, I actually, in the beginning, Simon, I only created one, one SOP, one process, and I actually give it away in the book, which I created the system for writing systems. So I created one system that taught my team how to write systems. And what that meant is that my team, I, I could then you know, bring on a new staff member, train them how to do something. They would record either, either via video, screen share, audio, whatever. I'd give them the SOP and they'd go and create a system or a process for how they did that thing I just taught them to do. And it meant that all of our SOPs were all uh, yeah, consistent. They were stored the right way. They were named the right way. They were accessed the same way. And for a long time, that was what I did. It wasn't until I started moving out of some high-level roles like sales and marketing and so forth 
that I had to actually write some of those systems myself because it wasn't necessarily bringing someone else into to replace me, so to speak. So that was kind of how I went about doing things. Um, I've worked with a lot of people. I know that they systemize, say, their critical journey, their, their critical client journey first and so forth. For me, yeah. I just create the system. And often the way we teach our clients is we go through a, a process called a task audit, which is auditing their time, working out whether they need to keep doing it, like should they delegate it, outsource it, continue doing it or stop doing it. The things they need to delegate or outsource, it's like, okay, cool, let's put a system in place for those. So again, similar to you guys, you can free up five, 10, 15 hours in the first couple of weeks that then allows them to start to focus on you know, areas of the business that can create more growth, more opportunity, more money and so forth. What about yourself? We started with first the things that I found um, boring to do or I was weak at as a CEO because I was doing everything the first year. So I started with the things that I find boring that was everything around keeping books and then, and then admin and then VAs doing the emails and then um, VAs doing the setter part of the sales, the first part. And then I wanted to hand out sales very early, but it was not possible and it would not have been smart because I had not have, I, I was missing two pieces of the systems. One was to fully, to fully systemize the operation. So the first 10 days of the client onboarding, the, the analysis that we do at the beginning, the bottleneck analysis to find the bottleneck, et cetera. Yeah. I needed to modularize that first. Yeah. And then also to create the sales script in a way that worked for 50 times before I hand over, before I hire somebody to do sales. And this is something that I learned on the way that if I would have done that earlier, a good salesperson would have said, no, it's not ready. Where is the sales script? Where is the sales process? And a junior person would have taken that role, but then would not be uh, a person you can rely on that level that yeah. you can call it freedom and go for four weeks. Yeah. So uh, the last thing was uh, sales in between the operations, the fulfillment, and then the last thing was sales. That was my journey. But it, yeah. Very, very similar. That was the last role that I exited was, was a sales role um, as well. Like, you know, I, th I think similar to you, like high ticket sales sold over the phone in a limited time period. It's not your typical sale. It's not something that, that you can just hire anyone to do. There is some complexity um, around that as well. I had a couple of questions here I want to go through. And if you guys, are, guys and girls are joining us today, wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you here. Uh, please keep the questions coming through for myself and Simon. And uh, just hit the like button to let us know that you are watching as well. Karen from New South Wales in Australia, uh, kind regards to Simon and so, and so happy some areas in Europe do not need to wear masks 24 seven anymore. Uh, so question for Simon, what is Simon's thoughts on a remote team? What works for the, for the, for the Europe time zone when it comes to virtual staff? Oh, we started remotely from the get go. Because yeah. I told you I'm a systems guy. So from the very beginning, I thought, okay, systems first. So I wanted the whole budget to go in the best apps. <laughs> and I wanted to cut costs in a physical headquarter because yeah. you can cut so, so many costs there, especially at the beginning when you're a yeah. startup. And I wanted to put that money from the budget into a one week per year uh, Bali or whatever we find cool on that 
in that year doing just one week of surfing and yoga together, the whole team, yeah. because you, you are, you have such low costs that you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So we went remotely from the very beginning and I would say it is much easier than anybody thinks. So you don't need so much. You need one place where everybody has access to all processes. We call that the playbook. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a wiki of everything you do, right? In a simple way. If you have that, and for us, it's just a simple combination of the, the Google suite and Slack for communication for, and, uh, and that's it. And yeah. Zoom and later StreamYard to, to, to communicate with the outside. Yeah. That's it and uh, you have a top team write down your values your core values and uh, uh, review them every 30 days in terms of the ambition the real behavior and the gap and you you are maybe even more effective and efficient than every team that loses time every day in commuting yeah yeah we um we run a very similar process so we too have quite a large um, outsource team and we we also own an outsourcing company um and same thing we use a google suites uh, slack for team communication the only difference one thing that i found is um, we're like well how do we know who's using what process and system what happens if one of our vas is sick how do we have someone else come into their seat and the one thing that we did was we, we uh, implemented asana and we set up all the reoccurring tasks daily, weekly, fortnightly, monthly in Asana. And we linked that back to the processes and the SOPs in Google Drive. And what that meant is that when a staff member was sick, we could have someone else log into their account on Asana and they'd see what their tasks were for the day and link to those tasks were all the SOPs and the video how-tos and so forth. And what that meant is that we, we have zero downtime. If we have a staff member sick, someone else can log in take their seat um, and it's a very, very effective way of, of doing things with the cloud software, like you say, you know, to, to be able to run a very, very good outsourced team. Absolutely. And you can, via Zapier, you can link Asana to Slack. So you get just a ping and it says, this person just moved this task from doing to done. And you don't need a meeting to sync yourself, no. which is really like 1981. Yeah. You just get a ping and it says, this is done. Yeah. Perfect. We also have all the sales processes in Slack. It says, you, you just sold this product. This person just onboarded that client. Yeah. And so everything that in, in a physical situation would be a half an hour weekly meeting called synchronization, you have in Slack much, much yeah. smarter. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, love, I love that advice as well. Um, we talk a lot about that in my book as well. We, we talk through the processes. We actually have, like I've given away, you'd, you'd love this time. We wrote an SOP for each chapter of how to implement it. So you read the chapter, you download the SOP and it talks you through step-by-step step how to implement that chapter. Um, I love it. I want it. As, as well. So we've got a copy. We've got a copy on its way to you, mate, over there. Uh, question here from uh, Laszlo in Perth. I'm sorry if this sounds a bit cliche to both of you, but was COVID's challenge a game changer or a source of innovate, innovative ideas for Simon's marketing for his company? Good question. A great question because it was both. It was a big, a big hit uh, in, in both ways, I would say. First, uh, we lost half a million in one week. Wow. Of events. 
because part part of what we did back in in March, February and March was to be at events, to be on stages. So I would be on a stage and talk to 200 people, 500 people, and uh, and and get decent money to do that. And so all these stages were gone. And some of them said delayed to September. But when you are in February and you hear delayed to September, that's just gone. So on the one side, it was a cash crunch, mm. but it was not a, a health crisis of our business. Our business could adapt. Yeah. We had, I would say, yes, we had to let go like one arm or one leg of what we were doing, but we had still enough um, uh, healthy uh, parts in the system that could adapt and evolve. Yeah. And it pushed the other parts, the parts that were a little bit too early, where people were saying, hey, I need a coach who is on the other side of the planet, but what about the time zones? What about I need to see him for one day? He needs to, to see my business and my children because it's about succession, whatever. I, I heard a lot of stuff where people said, this accelerator is perfect and I want it, but I need some days with you. And this part was accelerated. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. You know, you look at what's happened with a lot of banking systems and stuff like that. You know, COVID has been an accelerator. Like we've, we've gained 10 years worth of growth and technology advancements and so forth in a very, very short period of time because we've had no other option. You know, us as human beings, we are, we are very innovative, especially when put in to a corner and be forced to, to fight our way or find our way through as well so yeah great great insight and glad to hear that there was enough legs on the chair that you guys could stay standing through that and, and no doubt grow as well um you raise an interesting point around falling in love with the solution rather than the problem and it takes me back to um for me what was a big mindset shift entering COVID. you know like this was happening everyone's like oh my god like pandemic no one's been through it before how can you grow blah 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 and you know, I made a decision to myself that time. I was like, regardless of what I'm about to face or, or, or go through, I'm going to come out the other side stronger, fitter, better off financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, like you name it. Like I made that decision up front rather than like, I guess, falling into the trap of uncertainty. Now, let's talk about the mindset shift around, you know, I get problem versus solution. Because I remember many years ago, I'd be like, oh God, not another problem in business. Whereas now I'm like, great a problem that shows me that where there's a gap that shows me where there's an area to innovate, to improve, to change. Let's talk through the kind of mindset shift, I, I guess, around, you know, people that try to fall in love with a solution rather than, rather than the problem itself. Absolutely. So last week, one of our coaches, we have 11 coaches and every Monday there's the coach meeting and they tell me whatever they need to help the client uh, move on. And, uh, and they were like, oh, we have some clients, they have a problem with the NPS system because we install the NPS system in week three. And they say, they don't like asking for problems. They don't want to ask their clients, what's going wrong? What are you missing in my product? And so it was escalated to me and I had a call with, with some of these clients and uh, explaining why. And you know, I said, if I don't ask for the problems, what the hell is the focus of this week? Yeah. My focus of this week is always improving 1% of whatever is going on. And how 
what should I improve if not what is broken? Of course I improve the, the frictions, mm. the things that are not working perfectly. Yeah. So the problem question is my favorite question. What is missing? What is not working? What is working? What are the highlights? What are the magic moments? But especially what's broken, what's not working for yeah. you is the most important question. And I, from the mindset perspective, I try every day to step out of my comfort zone and to do it. Like right now, I'm on holidays. You know, I could just eat wonderful stuff every day here in Italy and drink wine. And of course I do that also, <laughs> of course. But in the morning, every day, I went running 10K and swimming 1K and uh, at the same time, and it's boiling hot here. It feels like you, you are running Kona, you know? It, it's, yeah. it's not comfortable. But I do it because around kilometer seven, I feel like quitting. And, that's, and I want to get to this point once a day on a body level, on a mental level, on a spiritual level. I want to get to that point to that limit, to find my limit and to overcome it with grace. Not quitting, but a small, graceful overcoming of it. Mm. So finding that part that is whining and that wants to, and that wants to quit, but being um, in a position of care and saying, okay, I hear it. It will change in a couple of kilometers. Don't worry, just keep going, check your breathing keep going mm. Yeah? Mm. there will be some water around the next corner you can have some water and then we continue and this is important so i want to fall in love with the problem instead of the solution because the way is the, is solving and improving every week mm. we say celebrate progress every week that's what a sprint is and your sprint coach focuses you on your bottleneck of this week but especially pushes you to find that that limit that you have, the velocity of your team, the way you take decisions, whatever it is, that is your obstacle. And this obstacle is the focus of this week. Yeah. The one bottleneck to your growth is the one thing that we need to solve this week. And that's why it's a one-to-one -one coaching and not an online course, because we want to go through that emotional work with them we are 24 7 with them and uh, and we walk through that together and we push through it mm. and that's why i do it also for me every day because i don't want to prepare for peace and cake and uh, i want to prepare for what's really going on and it is hills and obstacles and stones and everything that comes in an entrepreneurial journey yeah well, like in, in Ryan Holiday's amazing book, The Obstacles, The Way, you know, and I'm not sure about you, but what I've found is that in moments like that, like if we, if we opt out or we take the shortcut, it's almost like a, a inviting termites into our house, right? It's only a matter of time before the whole building falls down. And I've been listening to an audio book lately, um, uh, that You Can't Hurt Me. And the guy talks about, you know, when he went through, yeah. you, 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 you've read that book? No, I had David on the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but phenomenal. And he, and he talks, I was just up to a story where he talks about like he left the gym one, one pull-up short and it ate away at him so much so that he drove back and did his whole pull-up set again, all 250, to basically condition himself to, to not let himself off the hook. And 
you know, I've seen that in myself and our clients as well. It's like when we, when we, when we meet that border and we push ourselves through it, it's like we prepare ourselves for whatever life throws at us. You know, like we prepare ourselves because it's not what happens to us. It's what, what happens means. And I think so yeah. often we make things mean um, something in the context that disempowers us, that prevents us from activating our truest potential from being what we're here to be. This is strong. And this is, this is life advice. This is much more than business advice. This is life advice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, out of curiosity, like what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in your life, Simon? Like everyone's got a comeback game story. What's, what's been yours? Oh man, how, how, how much time do we have? <laughs> every week, every week we have challenges. I, I'm searching for them. I ask yeah. what's not working and we need to solve the challenges. But let's go to some big ones. It's a great question. The very big ones. You see, th this, this, this village here is where I grew up. And um, I was playing soccer as a boy. And our head coach, Professore Piero, he would always say, Simone, tiras tu pallone, fai sto gol! And I, I would freeze. So I, I was an attacking midfielder. And I would freeze when, when, in the moment when I should score the goal. So I, I was okay at coordinating the whole team, but I was not prepared to win. Mm. To have that moment of clear, aggressive, forward energy. I was missing that for a, for a long period of my time. I studied philosophy. Mm. Uh, so I, I was a dreamer for many, many, many years. And later in business, I had, I had to work on my focus, on my decisiveness and, 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 and all the complementary skills. So I guess that's, that's, one of the things that I had to learn and I am still learning. Mm. It's, it's, it's a beautiful story. And it's amazing how looking back, um, like our greatest challenges, our greatest adversities become the, the things that, that, that build us, that make us who we really are. Like, I, I can't re really remember those, those best days of my life. You know, what I can remember is those days when I was down out on my knees, like bawling my eyes out, wondering how I was going to get through, wondering how I was going to, you know, take one more step. They're the moments that I feel define me. And similar to like your run and journey, like being in the mindset of, of chasing them and finding, looking for them every day does a ridiculous amount for your self-esteem, for your confidence, for your stamina, for your resilience to be able to face what life throws at you. Absolutely. And you mentioned the Stoic philosophy. Here, uh, a little bit in the north, was um, Marcus Aurelius. And Marco Aurelio would say, whatever is on your path and is hindering you going forward, that is your path. Yes. So it became my path. It became what I need to do. And then, and then later on, I could, I could pass it on to clients. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Um, Simon, like for anyone that's watching this, whether it be live today uh, throughout the world or on the replay, and they're really resonating with what you've got to share, how can they get in contact with you or find out more about the amazing stuff that you guys do? I have something for them because we thought about freedom and just one bottleneck, but how do you know what the one bottleneck is? So we can share with them the one, the 15 minutes bottleneck finder exercise. And it's at strategiesprints.com slash sales. It is 
15 minutes and then you will know in your sales system where the bottleneck is and that's your growth bottleneck so if they want to find us we are at strategiesprints.com but strategiesprints is also everywhere if you just google the name strategiesprints you will find us yeah i love that love that make sure you check that out uh rafi will put a link below wherever you're watching this so you've got the link there as well um question that i like to ask all of my guests is that if you were to have a conversation with the the 10 year old version of you simon knowing all that you know now having been through what you've been through what advice would you give him yeah thinking of the professor ribeiro that was exactly when the professor ribeiro would, would shout at me i would say now now it hurts but it will become your superpower yeah so just keep rolling just yeah. keep rolling man yeah very very wise advice um I want to thank each and every one of you guys that have joined in live or on the replay to watch this. Thank you for your amazing questions. Simon, thank you so much uh, for all the advice and everything you got to share. Please check out uh, the amazing work these guys do and uh, hopefully we look forward to getting back on the show again soon. Thanks, Barry. Bye-bye, Freedom Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd love you to do to help us and help yourself to spread the message further. Uh, make sure that you like the Game Changers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, please subscribe by clicking the link below to ensure that you keep up to date with the weekly episodes we uh, share here at the Game Changers podcast with amazing entrepreneurs and business owners around the world. And of course, like if you're in a position where you may be overwhelmed with business or looking for a way to grow faster and more effectively, and you realize that the key to success is being surrounded by amazing people who have been there and done that before, I'd like to invite you to apply to have a game plan session one-on-one -on -one with one of my team here at The Game Changers. There's no cost if you get through. Uh, all that we ask is that you are doing a minimum of $250,000 per year to really be able to utilize the strategies and tactics and the mindset shifts that we share with you, uh, that you're coachable, that you're a decent person and you're, you know, you're willing to take on board some advice. If not, that's totally cool. Uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm right now without the support of so many mentors and coaches and resources along the way. And I'd like to pay that forward and give back to you the opportunity to work with uh, us one-on-one -on -one for free to put together a customized game plan. And the reason we're doing this is a couple of things. Number one is that sometimes it's just the smallest thing that can make the biggest difference. And uh, I think that entrepreneurs and business owners have the opportunity to change the world. And if we can maybe help you to, to make the smallest shift to change your life and your world, uh, you're changing ours in return. The second thing is that we are always looking for amazing clients to work with and to welcome into and invite into the Game Changers community. And so if you then the call, you do feel that there's a huge amount of value there, uh, that we fit, feel that there's a great values fit there, we can have a conversation about working together. But uh, this game plan call, there's absolutely no obligations to work with whatsoever. Allow us to help you with uh, the years and years and years of, of knowledge that we have in growing and scaling great companies. And uh, I think that uh, business owners are the future of the world. If there's a way that we can help you to create a better business, more profit, more fulfillment, more fun, I would love the opportunity to do that now. So click the link below, book your game plan session. Make sure you follow us on social and start to date with the latest episodes of the Game Changers podcast. My name's Barry William McGinnity. Thank you so much for your support and look forward to seeing the next one. Bye for now.